0: Welcome to the Divorce Recovery Men Over 40 podcast that empowers men with the tools that foster hope, resilience, and growth during and after a divorce. Check it out. Divorce Double episode 13. We have Michael Rhodes on the mic. Mike and I are cohorts from years ago. I remember when Mike was by his first mic. (laughs)
1: Yeah, this mic here. Yes, Yes, yes. I did. Yeah, you were one of the first people that I talked to about any of this podcast stuff.
0: Yep, Mike and Mike. So, Mike has a podcast (laughs) called uh, Rising Phoenix podcast. He has about over 130 episodes. He helps men out there getting divorced, uh, going through divorce or uh, and or recovering from divorce. And he's a busy man and and kind of like me. It's a labor of love. Uh, he's got a big Facebook group. Uh, he touts himself as world number one website for men going through divorce, which I will <laughs> say, yes, you are. <laughs> um, he, he's a coach also. Uh, he's big into 988 Lifetime, Lifeline Chat and Text, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. So let's go through your story first. And then my first question after that sure. is, what is a Phoenix Warrior? But go ahead. Mm, very
1: good question. Yeah. Uh, so uh, July in 2019 is when my now ex-wife uh, left. Um, we were um, at the end of June of 2019 we were on vacation uh we were in uh we took a cruise around the greek isles uh and then we spent three days in rome italy and the day we left to go home actually a a few moments before our last venture on that vacation Mm -hmm. going to the vatican is when she said um she she was she thinks she wants a divorce and uh you know, I don't remember much of the Vatican. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, I definitely want to go back. Uh, and and uh, I was a mess uh, for about three weeks, and then and then she finally left and filed. Um, I was suicidal. Um, I was a mess. I was distraught, um, lost, broken, it, it, every. Every negative emotion, uh, felt like a failure, um, a bad father, a bad husband, a bad person. Um, it just, it was the most difficult thing I've ever faced. And, and I lost my father, uh, when I was 22, uh, he was, he was 44 and uh, lung cancer. And that was, he was my biggest supporter and that was very difficult, but that pales in comparison to, to going through this divorce. Stuff.
0: Wow. What about the Phoenix warrior? Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, Uh, In addition to, uh, you mentioned, I have a Facebook group, uh, which is called Divorce Support for Men, a Rising Phoenix group. Everything I do is sort of branded around Rising Phoenix. Um, uh, And I also have a Discord server. Um, Discord is sort of like an internet chat room forum type of thing. It's Mm -hmm. a really cool tool and people can join that uh, for $5 a month and they get access to the Discord server. We have book clubs, we have weekly meetings a couple times a week. Uh, there's different um, uh, channels uh, that cover books that we read, podcasts that we listen to, different um, struggles that we're facing. Uh, there's a there's a channel that uh, it's called the anger channel where you can go in there and literally you can say whatever you want, and within a few minutes it deletes. Um, there's just there's many many tools. Um, it's a really really great thing for guys. It's it's just all encompassing dealing with divorce.
0: Okay. So how did you come to create the Facebook, uh, group? What was your, so
1: yes. So funny enough, I I actually didn't create it. I didn't start it. Um, it was started. I'm actually not a hundred percent sure when, um, by a gentleman. Um, Lucan is his name. Uh, he, uh, is South African. If I remember correctly, he started it maybe five or six years ago. I'm not sure. Um, and when I was going through my divorce, um, I, I was looking for resources, help, anything. And I joined that group. Um, and then it started to grow and grow and it, he became overwhelmed and, um, there was some, you know, p- people, uh, females were being let in and, you know, not that it's anti-female, but it's for men. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I reached out and said, Hey, c- you know, can I help? He said, absolutely. And then eventually he just stepped back and I took over. So. Um, I've been running it myself – well, not myself, but uh, the, the sole sort of admin for about three and a half years, four okay. years, something like that. Um, and he doesn't – he's still there, but he doesn't do anything. He doesn't participate, But um, and I'm grateful to him th- for the opportunity to, to expand. You know, when I joined, there was roughly 1,500 men in there, and now we're at 7,000. So, oh, yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah, it's, it's seen a lot of growth and, and – Uh, it's not it's not always easy but it's definitely you know it's fruitful when i see guys um, grow and and survive and thrive and then give back a little bit too it's it's a pretty awesome thing
0: when did the podcast come into play
1: um it was about a year after my ex left i uh, joined a program called the alpha code it's a self-development men's program um run by a guy in australia it's a 12-week program and it it kind of walks you through a bunch of different, um, exercises and steps and things. And, and it, it sort of launched me into, okay, now what with your life? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you healed a little bit from divorce. Now, what are you going to do? And I started thinking, well, I'd love to help men get through this because when I went through it, my best friend now, he wasn't at the time. Um, he was a friend, but now he's my best friend. Um, he was a guy who I leaned on heavily and I kept thinking to myself, if it wasn't for him, I, I don't know if I'd be here. And then I, then I thought about, well, how many men don't have a Chris Long, you know, mm-hmm. in, in their life, you know. And, and so I started thinking about, well, I'm, I'm going to coach men. That was sort of my, you know, what do you want to do now that you graduated from this program? What's your mission in life? Mm-hmm. It's to coach men. And then I thought, well, who the hell is going to hire me, right? Um, and I thought, I'll start a podcast. And so that's sort of why I started the podcast. I went to life coaching school. I went to John Kim, the angry therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to his life coaching school. Um, had him on the podcast. Uh, he graciously came on. And so that's sort of why. But then it was funny because once I started doing the podcast, I sort of stepped back from my thoughts of of coaching. I felt like it's it's a it's going to be a lot. I think I think my breach in my uh, the The opportunity to help be much larger if I just focus on this podcast and and help guys through that.
0: Okay. What's some of the biggest hang-ups uh, that men have going through divorce recovery? You know, I know there's so many hang-ups. The one I see and I focus on most of the time is self-care. Um, that mm. that kind of goes out the window. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your kids. You know, kind of like, you know, when the mm. plan goes down, you put your mask on first and then your kids and yes. a lot of men don't see that what do you think about that
1: yeah no i would agree i think that's uh i think there's in, initially there it, depending on who you are uh, but my the patterns i see are and and what i experienced was i got very angry initially like i was mad at the world i was certainly mad at her um i i i seen red everywhere and and I felt this need for revenge and just, just I felt betrayed and and all that was true in some ways, but um, it kept me stuck. I felt like it wasn't going anywhere. And I see a lot of guys do that. They get angry and they stay there. And and that's, you're not going to focus on self-care or growth or, um, you know, trying to heal any of those things. If you just stay stuck in your anger, I, I see that more than anything because anger is, second nature of most men yep. because we're, we're taught as, as little boys, you know, we certainly can't cry. We can't have emotions other than anger. Like yep. we're told not to cry. We're told to, you know, stop crying or I'm gonna give you something to cry about that, yep. that kind of sort of mentality. And so you learn that you can't get emotional, but you can get angry. You can slam a door and, and maybe that's okay. Or, or, you know, it's, it's, it's becomes a much more palatable emotion for for our parents to deal with was, in my experience, and I think in a lot of men's experiences, it was anger. And so I see a lot of men that lean on that and stay stuck in anger. Mm
0: -hmm. So what, after going through a divorce and healing to a certain point, has that changed your view on life or the way you interact with people or other females or your kids, or how does that change you? That's a big Um, one.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. That's a great question. I think, you know, I think there are definitely stages Right, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's true of growth in general. Like you're 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 always going to have uh, steps to climb, a ladder to climb, so to speak. And I think I think where I am at now versus where I was when it all started is, is leaps and bounds. And I think um, I think I I understand a lot more about why people behave the way they behave. I understand a little bit more about how much of an impact your childhood can have Mm -hmm. on your life, on, on your ability to handle things. Um, I would say that I'm, I'm more compassionate in some ways and in other ways I'm, I'm less tolerant. Um, just for instance, you know, in that Facebook group, I have uh, all the sympathy in the world and all the empathy in the world for a guy who just kind of just started that journey. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who like me in, um, in July, June, July of 2019, who was just lost and distraught and angry and just a mess. Right. Um, a guy that has been in that group for a year plus, um, who stays in that angry mindset. I have my, 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 my sympathy and empathy has a, a shelf life, I think. Um,
0: <laughs> Exploration dates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Because I
1: think at a certain point, you have to take responsibility yeah. for your life. And, and, and if you remain angry, despite all the evidence to the contrary, um, you're doing a disservice to yourself for sure and your children or whoever is around you in your life. Because I think we are pretty good at compartmentalizing our anger, but we're yeah. not perfect at it. And so I think it does leak into other parts of your life. But more importantly, in that group, it can taint the group in a way that if a man who is just starting his journey is looking for, you know, uh, support and empathy and sympathy and runs into a wall of anger, well, then it's not really support. So my patience gets a little thin with guys that have been in there a while and just maintain their, you know.
0: To stay at a certain level. uh,
1: Yes, just angry at all women. And it's just it's. I get it. I get the anger. But at a certain point, you got to grow up and and deal with the underlying emotions. And if you don't, you're doing a
0: disservice to everybody. What about the F word, baby? Forgiveness. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, (laughs) I love that word. How do you handle it and how do you expect Mm. your people you coach try to handle it? Oh, yeah, that that was my biggest one. And I figured Mm. out uh, forgiveness was almost as was almost or unforgiveness was almost as important as anger. Because they're almost tied together. They're cousins, for sure. They, yeah, they are They're cousins.
1: They, yeah, they're they're definitely adjacent. I would say um, I, that's 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 the probably. I don't know which is more difficult to get get to a point where you could even think about that mm-hmm. or actually get to it. I'm not sure which is more difficult, but um, and I, it's stuff that I still struggle with. You know, I'm definitely not as angry at her um, as I was for sure. I actually sometimes, sometimes, sometimes empathize and sympathize with her. Yeah. Um, even though I hate what she did, I, I sometimes look at her and feel like her life hasn't gotten better by leaps and bounds. In fact, in some ways I would say it's worse. And it, I almost sort of empathize and sympathize um, that she had to make that decision or that she did make that decision or whatever. Um, and so, but, but sometimes, you know, um, things happen and, and, and I slip back into anger. So I think, you know, one of the things I interviewed um, Robert Enright, he's like the expert, the world's expert on forgiveness. And I interviewed him and I, and it it was one of those things where I kind of knew this, but I wanted to hear it from an expert. And I wanted to ask the question is, is forgiveness somewhere that you arrive at or is forgiveness an almost not constant, but a a conscious effort to re forgive. And he said, it's the latter. It's, it's almost a, uh, it's a deliberate act that you must perform
0: mm-hmm.
1: over and over because feelings and emotions pop up. You're yeah. going to get angry. Things are going to happen. And you have to remind yourself that this is a human and all, all the things that he sort of and says. And, and I think that that's true. I think a lot of things in life are like that. Um, there is never a, a destination that we arrive at. There is – I don't believe that there's a happiness that, oh, well, finally I'm happy I'm here. No, because life says, oh, you're happy? All right, here.
0: Here <laughs> you go, bam. Bam, right in the face.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, is sure you're happy? Yeah. Um, or, oh, I forgive her and then she, you know, um, you know whatever, uh, takes you back to court for something or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I think there are um, – there are things in life that just – it may be majority of things, especially mental health type things, emotional type things, where mm-hmm. it's it's not a it's not a destination. It's it, that you arrive at, and suddenly you're that's it. You know, it's 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 much, um, it's much, much more difficult than that. As sorry as, as I as it is to say that, I think it's much more difficult than that.
0: I think uh, divorce recovery, and I've said this before, is kind of like a parking structure do you keep the anger in the parking spaces or do you allow the parking spaces to be something positive? So with, with me, I I have to consciously remove that anger car from that space. And constantly I'm changing and I'm reconfiguring the parking garage because it's a never ending battle between good and evil. Basically that's what's going on.
1: Yeah. I, that's a perfect way to look at it because I think you're right. It's, it's it's kind. That's just the way that life is. The world keeps on spinning, and so things are going to hit us and, and come at us, and changes and jobs, and you know, kids grow up, and and kids have issues, and, and bills, and there's just life is constantly moving and changing, and, and therefore the challenges are constantly moving and changing, and, and so I don't think that you you just you get to somewhere and and just that's it. I'm good. I'm here. I just don't think that that exists. Sadly, in some ways, but yeah. also, I mean. I, it's it's not boring.
0: <laughs> no, it's <laughs> I mean, it is fluid, it's man. It, it, it keeps going. Yes. What about guys yeah. out there? And this really ticks me off. Even the guys and the and the and uh, the uh, moms or the soon to be exes that are using their kids as pawns. You know that that mm. just drives me nuts. And in Colorado, yeah. you have to take a class, so you don't. It's called a, it's called a parenting class, and it looks yeah. like something from nineteen fifties. Uh, from like the civil defense days with pink stoves. (laughs) And it's common sense. It's common sense that the fact we have to take this class, but people do it all the time. It just, I I don't understand it.
1: Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, it's a, it's sad in so many ways. It's, it's clearly broken humans that are perpetuating their brokenness. Um, it's clearly, you know, a generational thing that they're passing down. I think in some ways, you know, um, there, there's nothing more sad than that honestly um you know they, they are the innocent party in all this you yeah. know i was left um i was taken to court i i had to pay child support i had to give away retirement money um i had to cash out some stuff like i but all that said i wasn't an innocent party i was not a perfect husband clearly yeah. because nobody is right so, but so i'm not an innocent party however those children are a complete innocent party and in, it's it's the the process of divorce is hard on them anyway yep. right especially you know age age matters but I still think it's it, it they all struggle no matter what the age and I think if you're the kind of person that compounds that and makes it even more difficult I just oh man I I don't know how you can sleep at night I don't know yeah. how you can look in the mirror and, and think that you're doing a good and just thing it's um it's one of those things that in, 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 in some ways you're, you're kind of helpless, right. Um, mm-hmm. in, in some ways, I mean, you can, you can definitely take action. I think, I do think that there is a myth that men largely get screwed. Um, I think that it's changing a good bit. I think in a lot of places, 50, 50 is a norm in terms of custody. Yep. Um, I think in terms of child support, I think, uh the higher earner gets screwed it's typically men but not always um i do think that is a broken system that makes no sense to me but but i think that it, you know it's it's the focus has to be on making sure that they come out of this as unscathed as possible and if you don't do that uh, i'm not a religious guy but if i were i would hope that there was a very really hot place in hell for you to hang out in <laughs>
0: damn i am well, i just think yeah
1: I mean, it's it's hard enough
0: on them. Yep, don't make it harder. Yeah, amen. So I am a second generation divorcee. My parents are divorced. Mm. I'm divorced, and one of my biggest hangups at the beginning was what's going to happen to my kids. What am I showing yeah. my my children for their yeah. future? Will they get married? Get divorced? But I overcame that from the standpoint of I'm a firm believer that you don't stand in for the kids because they know. They know, you yeah. know, if it's a toxic, toxic area, you know, get yeah. divorced, move on, raise your kids. You see, all my posts are almost always be the best father you yeah. can be and and Absolutely. just go from there. So we think about that.
1: Yeah, I think I, I do struggle with that one a little bit sometimes because I do think that in general, I'm generalizing. I think all problems can be solved if, if but the problem is both people want to solve it. Yeah. i think human conflict is solvable right um but but both parties have to want to and i think if you have children you should want to solve it and fix it um that said you can't control what another person does Correct. you know yeah. if 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 she uh or he or whatever just they don't have the appetite to change if if all they do is point the fingers at you only and don't see their part in the the the, the failings or the or the fallacies of the marriage then There's little you can do, and I do think that as hard as divorce is, I'm sure that being in a um, toxic, uh, certainly abusive, uh, and I don't mean just physical—I mean verbal, mental, all that kind of good stuff. I think then, then absolutely, you know, part ways, and and then, and I think this this is one of the things I tell guys all the time: is you control your environment. So regardless of whatever, oh, because I see this stuff a lot too, where. Well, oh, she's introducing a new guy. Um, she's making him all the time. Uh, call, oh my call, gosh! Yes, yeah, all the time. All the time. Uh, uh, she's 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 making the kids call him daddy, or you know, all these these terrible, terrible things. But it, but again, you know, I go back to this all the time. You cannot control someone else. You can only control yeah. yourself. So your 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 mission is to create an environment that at least one space where they have your place that yeah. is safe that is that is sort of anti what's going on anywhere else where it's where you show them how to be, you, you make sure that you're doing as best you can all the right things to counteract what's going on over yeah. there. Um, my buddy, my yeah. buddy, Chris, who I mentioned, he, he talked about, uh, he calls it damage control. He did it. He had two daughters. He did it for years where he would have to do damage control. They would go through something over there and he would have to sort of, you know, mend them and talk to them and, oh, well, you know, you know, this is not how it goes, and you know, this is not what we do here, or whatever, to give them that safe space, to give them that place that is um, going to allow them to grow and heal. Uh, that's all that you can do. You can't control yep. what goes on somewhere else. You yeah. just can't.
0: That's, that's almost half the post on Facebook by far. It's, it, is. And, yeah, it is. And I see you reply, I reply, and you can't yep. change. You can only do your environment. And sometimes you can, yeah. you can you can you, uh, you can do a half ass doing that because it's yeah, true. And that's it. Yeah. Right.
1: And if you're focusing on what's going on yeah. elsewhere, then your, your your ability to create that space is limited because you're not paying attention to what's going on inside your four walls. You're yeah. worried about what's going on there. And a lot of guys get stuck in that because it allows them to not feel. Again, it goes back to that anger thing where yeah. they're just, you know, rather than be hurt by the mother of their children behaving like a fool, they're angry about it. And I get it, but if we were better equipped to manage our emotions, we would sit with that. We would be sad about that and and feel that, and then we would go, well, but ain't shit I can do about it except for take care of my four walls and my space to make sure that I can counteract whatever's going on yeah. over there. So,
0: and then the offshoot of that, you know, dealing with a narcissistic soon-to-be X or X—that's a tough one to you. That's that's almost like a side uh, note of that, and yeah I, it's it's tough like once again you can only control what goes on in your four walls
1: yeah and, and i don't i've never dealt with that luckily i yeah. mean she called me that yeah. right um but that's,
0: but you've heard that's the stories just, man you, you know we've seen the bad stories oh, okay. on facebook and some of those mm. stories man my heart breaks and, oh it's uh, terrible yeah
1: it's terrible and they don't realize the damage they're they're trying to you kind of said it earlier like using the kid as a pawn in some ways you know making uh, there's a, a gentleman not too long ago, and we we do see a lot of these, but not too long ago, actually, maybe even today. But there's one a little bit, couple couple weeks, month ago, where you know he was. That was the story. Was she's making the daughter call the new guy daddy, yeah. and I, I, it's infuriating. But there's what can you do? You yeah. can't, what you know, and and I think I think if I remember correctly, you know he was like. He, he was very, um, abrupt with the, with the, the young child to say, N- you do not call anyone else daddy, but that, and, and I, he's not wrong per se, but like you're putting the kid even further in the middle, yeah. you know, it, 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 I, I wouldn't want to hear it either. I wouldn't, but again, a, you can't control that. And if you, you're putting the kid in the middle when you do those kinds of things, and I know that that would be hard. I haven't had to deal with that. She did date for a little while, but there was yep. no call me daddy type stuff. So uh, I can't speak from experience on that one, but I just know right from wrong, and and you can't make the kid feel even more worse and more confused. Yeah, it, it would it would be a challenge for sure. Yeah, and, you can't make again, the, I,
0: you know, you can't make the kid pay for her transgressions, and sometimes that's the only avenue that men have, but they shouldn't do it.
1: No, all. they shouldn't. And, and no, and I, I I get it in some ways. You yeah. know, they feel helpless. They feel. Like um, they're being replaced. That's a, that's one I hear all the time. And let me let me emphatically say this: a father can't be replaced. Period. Nope. Um, a father that's in your life can't be replaced. Obviously, if someone you know takes a hike, yeah, someone someone can step in, and many many men have and, and they their heroes for doing it. But if you're an active person in their life, you can't be replaced. Period. Nope. There's never going to be another dad. And and some guys feel like that, and I, I totally understand that. Um, but it's one of those sort of one of the mental gymnastics you have to do to remind yourself of that fact that there might be another person there, but that's not dad.
0: And I'll also adding add into that, if you're being the best dad you can be to your ability and you're making those everlasting memories, you don't have to worry about her calling your daddy. That should be the last thing in yeah. your mind. So, yeah, no, true. So one of my biggest things that you talk about is, and you beat guys up on this one is work on yourself first. What are, what hmm. are some of the ways that men can work on themselves?
1: I think you have to know yourself first and foremost. And so what does that mean? That's a very nebulous. What does that mean? Um, got. I think you have to know your childhood um, in terms of um, how, how did it affect your behaviors? So um, I think it's t- it's tricky to to rely upon what she says or the reasons for the divorce. But but you do have to pay attention to those because they can give you clues. But I think in general, you know, um, if, if you gave the silent treatment, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, understanding a, that that's, and I didn't know this, at the time. It, it's a longer story than I'll probably tell here, but it was how I coped with my childhood and, and I took that into my adulthood. And that's not a, a sound strategy for having a healthy relationship. Um, and, and so I think first and foremost is sort of know yourself. Of why, why did I do that? And I, and I, with the help of a therapist, I sort of, understood okay this is why I behaved in that way not to point fingers at my parents or blame mm-hmm. them or, although that could be it's it's justifiable but it, again it gets you nowhere but just to understand yourself and to take pressure off yourself because I think too often what happens is especially um, we, we lean on what they say and we feel really really bad about ourselves um, and we beat ourselves up and I think if we're, we're able to sort of understand why we have some of the behaviors that we have then it doesn't mean that we're 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 broken, that we're, we're, you know, a bad person, a bad husband just mm-hmm. means we, we were given bad tools or no tools. And so I think that's first and foremost, is try to understand yourself understand and then understand the why of it and then fix it. Um, again, I, you know, I, I gave the silent treatment and it's very difficult for me to have difficult conversations sometimes. And so I work on that constantly. And some, sometimes it feels like it's constant and sometimes I fail at it miserably. Mm-hmm. Very bad
0: but you're message. trying though. But um, you're trying. So
1: it, yeah, and, and I'm aware that's step one, right? If you're if you're aware, okay, and then you can say, well, why? So you don't beat yourself up and say, oh, I'm just a coward or whatever, right? It's, no, it's that was my defense mechanism as a child, and I, mm-hmm. I carried it into adulthood. And then you can work on it. And it doesn't mean you're gonna fix it overnight, you know. And I will, I won't know if I've fixed it, quote unquote. And I probably will never ever completely until I get into another another relationship, and I, and I haven't mm-hmm. so far. But I do know that I don't want to be that way because I do think that was a large contributing factor to my divorce, not solely mm-hmm. at all, but it was a contributing factor. And I don't, even if I don't, even if I never get married again and it's just a, a, a long term relationship, I don't want to repeat the past. I just don't because if I do, then what? What was it all for? If I can't learn and grow from this, then it was all for no- All that pain and misery and and suicidal thoughts that I had was for nothing. It has to lead to something, and that something for me has to be an improvement in how I deal with other humans, so I can have good relationships going forward. So, um, just be introspective, ask a lot of questions. For God's sakes, get into therapy. In my in my view, get into therapy. Um, learn yourself, your triggers, your habits, and and find out whether or not they're healthy or not, and that they're not change them as best you can.
0: So generally, how were you able to table those suicidal thoughts or those notions?
1: Oh, boy. Um, I think first and foremost was probably thinking of my children. Yeah. Um, you know, and But sadly, you know, when you're in those moments, you you don't have those thoughts. Um, at least they don't like right then and there. You're just mm-hmm. you're not thinking clearly, you know, obviously. Um, so that sort of um, gets you sort of snaps you out a little bit, um, or, or it can, um, honestly, I, I went and got help. Um, I went to crisis. Um, I got in with a psychiatrist and a psychologist. I got on medication for a little bit for about a, about a year or so. I took uh, Lexapro, mm-hmm. which is, um, antidepressant. Um, I did get off it eventually. Um, but yeah, I needed it. I asked for help. That's, that's what got me away from those thoughts more than anything, obviously, like I said, there were moments of thinking, you know, I'm going to miss my kids, but man, I'm, I'm, I'll never see them again. If I, if I, you know, walk, walk out in front of that truck, which is, which is my plan. I don't, I don't don't have firearms. So I live at the bottom of a hill and there's, it's a fairly busy road. A lot of big old trucks come down that hill and that was my thought. And and I thought, well, you're, you know, that's not gonna, that's not gonna solve any, it's gonna take your pain away, but you're gonna, you're going um, to... Sp- bingo. You're going yep. to give that pain to other folks. So, uh, But I asked for help. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the best... One of the best things that I ever did, for
0: sure. So before I got divorced, I used to say that suicide was so selfish. People did it. They mm-hmm. were selfish. But once you hit that rock bottom and you have no mm-hmm. way out, you can't say that, man. I learned a lot about hitting rock bottom. And you see yeah. why people talk about that. It's so prevalent.
1: Yeah. Well, it's... Again, when we talk about you know men... In particular, um, I think the number is, the last I looked, is 105 men every day in America kill themselves.
0: Wow.
1: And I don't think, yeah. And I don't think that that means that men are weak. I think that men, means men aren't able to handle these really, really strong emotions because we're not taught. And so when we have these really, really strong emotions, we don't know what to do with them. The the, the easiest in some ways, it's sad to say, the easiest answer is to end it yeah. because then you don't feel any pain, right? That's your that's – your, clouded mind's way of finding a solution. Um, and if we just got better at being able to deal with these emotions, um, you know, it's okay to cry if you're a man. It's okay to, to hurt. It's okay to have pain. It's okay to express that you're hurting. We don't have to white knuckle through life. Um,
0: it's, it's okay, okay to, to ask for help. There you go. I was getting ready to say that. Yep. Let's end with a positive. Let's talk about dating. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said positive. (laughs) Um, So my story was I, I was in the middle of my divorce and I started dating and I started dating way too soon. And I got, I got some crazies and I didn't realize it. And I kept dating. And I think what you said before, that it prevents you from totally healing or even start to heal because you get into these mm-hmm. crazy relationships. And, man, I picked the first couple. They were just like my ex-wife. It was oh. amazing. Like, <laughs> I mean, verbatim, it's like, come on, seriously. But, yeah, so <sighs> so let's talk about that a little bit. It was It was crazy, though, but I had a blast. Oh, uh, well, i, I just want to tell you i had a I, blast i had a lot
1: of fun i mean <laughs> it, it, in the moment i had a ton oh, yeah. of fun i mean i went i went wild but it didn't ultimately help but i think yeah. i think the question is you know why 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 work on yourself why heal and if nothing else it's so you don't repeat the past and that includes finding a mate that is similar because, again, if you don't learn who you are and how you tick and all these things, then you're, you're never going to learn what works and ticks with you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when we don't do that, spend that time alone to really understand ourselves and we just – for something to fill that void, we'll take anything. It's like someone starving will take any crumb they can find. And I know in the beginning it's very, very hard. I did – I was guilty. I'm guilty. I did yeah. it too. I was dating three weeks after she, she was gone. Um, I was on those apps. I had a lot of meaningless sex, for sure.
0: Darn it, um, darn Michael, darn.
1: <laughs> but but it didn't you know it didn't help um, at, at all. I mean, in the moment, of course, yep. right? It doesn't like sex. It's yep. like it's like pizza. You know, even bad pizza is good pizza, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I mean, I, I had fun. But but it didn't. It wasn't fruitful in the long run. Yeah. Like and I, like you to your point, you find you find yourselves in situations like, well, this is not a healthy relationship. Oh, um, this is not. I, th- no, this is not helping at all. In fact, it, it exacerbates it. It makes it worse. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's that's that's why it's really important to take that time so you don't repeat the past. If nothing else, obviously you want to heal. You want to grow. All those things are, are true and necessary. But. Good Lord, I do not want to repeat this ever. Oh, yeah. And I and I'm not talking marriage. I'm just talking the pain of being in a in a bad relationship.
0: Yeah. And you don't realize how bad it is until it's over. I Very mean true. like like the armchair quarterback is is huge after yes. you go through the process and you're done and you look back and you go, Man, that, that kind of makes sense now. How that happened yeah. or, or or how she acted. But, uh, Mr. Mike, man, I want to thank you. That was a blast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're welcome, man. I can't believe it's been almost an hour.
0: We're going to do this again because I think we just scratched the surface. But – we want to yes, thank sir. everybody for listening and, and uh, Mike for taking time from his busy Facebook schedule.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you did have to pull me away, didn't you? <laughs> hey,
0: dude, what's up? How you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, I was giving a little talk in my Facebook group and David popped in. And was like, uh, where are you at, man? <laughs> uh, so go ahead and, and uh,
0: tell everybody where to find you. And and we're going to have all the blurbs at the bottom of the uh the uh um the wording i guess but uh, but talk yeah. about your podcast and your coaching everything going on
1: yep yeah so the best place to find me is my website uh rising com. there's links to my youtube channel there's links to the podcast uh website which is rising phoenix podcast.com um, there's information about my coaching program i have a 16-week coaching program you can check out um i am as as david said i'm I'm stretched pretty thin so i'm I'm, i hate to sound salesy but i only have one spot available for a client right now i have last spot i I really pared down it really is i it's not it's not a sales pitch i promise i only have uh i only have capacity really for two i have one guy right now who's in his fourth week um and, and the podcast itself, you can find it on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, iHeartRadio, all those good uh, apps that everyone uses.
0: <laughs> Fifteen minute timer. <laughs> 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 all right, Mike, I want to thank you for taking time to hang out with us, and we wish everybody have a good night. Right, Bye.